0: You are now listening to the Holy Wreckers podcast. What's going on? Uh, my name is Josh. I'm here with Father Pat and our guest, Jill Miller. Say, what's up, Jill? What's up? What's going on, Father Pat? How are you? What's let's going go
1: I'm great, Josh. What's new <laughs> in your world?
0: Um, what everything. So my wife just had a baby, so that was cool. A yeah. uh, little James. He's a good kid. And then my JJ. other kid broke her arm. She fell from a great height. Bam, the humorous bone. And I was like, which was is is the funny bone, and so she snapped that joint out, and then broke it, and then she had to get like the pins, and so that was fun. We avoided, you know, having to go to the hospital, but yet we had to go to the hospital for, for this one. So we had a home birth, and so whatever, got to keep those bills. But anyway, and then last night happened with the whole debate joint, and it was whatever. How are you about that? I am
1: absolutely thrilled that when i when i leave the rectory and i go out into the wild blue yonder that it is not like crazy hot anymore <laughs> at least not in this hemisphere because i am not my my body type is like easily schwitzing uh or easily schwitz so i don't like the the heat i don't need help i don't need help like with you know the the sweating okay that's more than anybody <laughs> wanted to know but let's just say i get I get uh, baptized all over again just walking <laughs> across the black. Tub. But now it's fall, which for other people means pumpkin spice stuff. For me, it means like relatively cool, you know, cooling down my own coolant system. Yeah, there it is.
2: That's where right. are you at, Father? Yeah, where are you calling? I
1: to- am in. Yeah, I'm. I'm in pr- <laughs> Prince George's County of the the state of Mary mary's land i'm in maryland oh,
0: we're am. in maryland about uh, 30 minutes outside the dc line at least i am and then where you and then Jill is coming and calling us straight from the future like jill where, where are you at right now what's going on like
2: well where, it's wednesday or it's what uh thursday sorry thursday at 10 47 a.m in hamilton new zealand so that oh, is uh kind of wild. in the middle of the north island that's Wait, crazy. okay. You did say New Zealand, right? That's like the home of like yeah. dragons, and like that's Middle Earth. It's like... true. Um, I live like 30 minutes away from uh, the Shire from no. Hobbiton. Stop.
1: Hearing this? Oh my gosh, she wanted to go. She's she's now come home. She's in the Shire. She's like
0: within. Some... You want to know the about... worst
2: part though? Is that I haven't been to Hobbiton.
0: What? Oh, have you been out
2: there. How long have you been out there? two almost three years
0: stop shingling.
1: yeah that's a that's a thing you gotta do you're 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 yeah. the tourist or at least like I know. Missionary kind tourist. of <laughs> they
2: won. no nah, it's so, so expensive on. man is it really i'll or- go before before i move i will definitely like when the, the time comes when i move back to the states i will definitely go to hobbiton before i leave oh my gosh she's I already me. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't know when she's proto bagging it. She's like, I can't be away from Texas forever. So you're from Texas originally? Um Florida, but grew up in Texas. Oh, okay. okay. So Texas is home. All right.
0: So Jill, like, so how I know you is I know you're from Franciscan University. And yep. um, and what I know about I just remember like I had a nice hat collection, like when I was in school, and I would wear like my my snapbacks and my fits or whatever. And then I just remember like Seeing this, this kid with like swag, and I was like, "Oh my god, who is that? like who is that?" I was like, "Oh my god, she's a shorty, she's a girl." And I was like, "Yes, yeah, had- <laughs> like you had some swag
2: back back then and in college." I still it- have swag. Right now, I'm wearing my Jordans.
0: Check what? it out. Jays, <laughs> oh, you ain't got no Jays. Jordan ones. I on. I don't have no Jays
1: please Sim-
2: simplicity okay i bought my 1st fir- i've always been like a shoe person but i bought my first pair of jordans this year and i was like oh i've been waiting okay. on them i bought them and then mm. like the next payday i went up to my husband and i was like it's okay if i buy another pair <laughs> so i'm officially <laughs> have a problem it was like two weeks after i bought my first pair i bought my second pair Awesome. And working. I got like, but in my defense, they were like the OG Chicago Bulls, black, red, and white. And I was like, I have uh-huh. to. They're only a hundred and twenty dollars. That's not bad. That's really good. Because I got them in store, so I got them. Oh well, yeah, your head and you hit can get them, get them from
0: some kid that was like reselling them joints for like three fifty.
2: No, nah, and I can wear kids' size shoes because I have I'm a tiny See, human. So you can do that. See, you can do that because like.
0: No, not over here. Like We're talking, we. I mean, when it wasn't COVID times, my high school days were spent by, um, and this was for like a year. I tried to be like a sneakerhead. And so I would go out and when I would find out the retros were out, I would wait in line. And so I'm vivid memories of me and my uh, my friends. We would go outside of the mall when malls were cool to hang out in, at least here, uh, not here in the DMV. And I would wait outside of the mall and it would be like three in the morning and the the release is at 10 a.m. And all kinds of stuff would happen when you're waiting in line with a bunch of teenagers and yeah. adults, waiting, and like you have to have the car starting as you walk out because you never know if you might get knifed. Like because people really wanted these shoes, so thank you, Michael yeah. Jordan, helping the community. Um, Thanks, MJ. Yes, the greatest. <laughs> Lower your prices. All right, um, Jill, tell us a little bit about why you're here, who you are, <laughs> and we're gonna play a little game after that, and you're gonna talk about all about
2: your awesome podcast. And uh, yeah, give them a little bit of a little bio. A little bio. Um, so, yeah, I live in Hamilton, New Zealand. Um, I've been here for three years, but originally from Texas. Um, I'm married. We have two dogs, no kids yet. So the dogs will I have to do for now. Um, I work, I've work. i been working in youth ministry for 10, 10 years almost um, now. And pretty much any kind of youth ministry that you can imagine, I've done. Um, so mostly um, parish ministry and then also inner city ministry. As well, and now I'm working in the diocese, helping and training other youth ministers. So it's quite exciting. Um, I love what I do. It's yeah, it's amazing. So that's a quick bio of myself. There
0: you go. That was really. And I'm cool. here
2: because you asked me.
0: Yes, because <laughs> I wanted some like so I like gathering folks that are totally different than me that have different spiritualities than me, and and I actually fell upon your uh, podcast called "Don't Shove the Dove." Uh, with you and uh, Mary Kastner, also a friend, yeah. grad, and I was like, you know what? This is totally not my scene. Like in terms of, <laughs> but it should be, but it ought to be. And just because I don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit like that, like I mean, He's in everything, but like I mean, right? Like I don't know. Like in, in the sense of the, start, like, I should be like more about this, and this is all about like new, new experiences, right, Father Pat? Because, yeah. A couple of podcasts ago, we talked about the consecration of Mary and how like I had mommy issues with Mary. And so I have like, <laughs> issues with the Holy Spirit, too. Like I'm all for it. I believe everything the church teaches. But like I want to know more. And so mm, that's okay. why i was like, I need to get her in here. I need to get her in here into the ring. But before we do that, um, hold on. Jack McKinney says Kiwis. Who's that?
2: <laughs> Kiwis are New Zealanders. Okay, oh, okay, this, okay, okay. I didn't know. I was like, yeah, it's like, there's a cute little bird and it's a kiwi and it's a native New Zealand bird. It's a flightless bird. There you go. There you go. Bro. And almost extinct, but oh, yeah. Okay, didn't know Save that. the kiwis. Right. So, little David Edinburgh for you. <laughs> Okay, okay. Good. So for uh, before we
0: start though, before we get in on your podcast and in your ministry and the Holy Spirit and the whole nine, um I want to go into this. So word association and it, and there's gonna be okay that happens. Whatever I say, you just come up with the first thing that pops in your mind. Are you ready? I don't think you're ready, but okay. Oh oh my god. Another <laughs> week, <laughs> are you ready? So let's go. Um, favorite Pope Benedict. Okay, Benedict the Sixteenth. I'm assuming. All right. Uh, next. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> New Zealand. So the anti-bug. Yeah. <laughs> favorite New Zealander like dish or food? Pie. Oh, that was lame. Okay. Is what? that
2: meat? What? Pie? No, meat pies. Meat they pie. are not lame. Meat pies. Mm. Like meat pies, oh. bro. There is nothing better than a potato top pie. Okay. With steak okay. in the middle. Yeah, just. You okay. don't, know about, yeah, I I, I don't know about that life. I don't, I don't know that. Um, let's go. Uh,
1: like a shepherd's pie.
2: Ah. now we got that for. But a, inside an actual pie. A real for a chicken pot pie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a chicken pot pie, but it has potatoes and meat in it. Got it. Got it. I think we've had those. I like
1: all of these words.
2: <laughs> it's food. <laughs> all
0: right. Um, let's go. Um, rugby. Richie McCall.
2: Who? No, it's good. Are right, no. you um, all black? Only the greatest New Zealand rugby player ever. Very good, very good. Uh, Texas football. Uh, Aggies. Okay, all right. Giggum. Oh, in that
0: case, then, uh, Johnny Manziel. Oh, a bust. Ooh, <laughs> right, I, already left. I already left. Hot take. Okay, yeah. very good. And uh, let's go uh, Franciscan University. Jesus? Jesus. Okay. All right, all right. All right. Fine. That was easy. That was easy. That was I ain't going to do you, but, but cause we've done this before. All right. So <laughs> let's, let's open it up. Why start a podcast on uh, the Holy spirit? Or, I mean, I, I believe a couple episodes were, were dedicated to the like, the charismatic renewal. And, and, and a lot of times when, when you hear that, the charismaniacs, the charismatics, or like that, Jesus freaks, like I immediately go to this, this place in my mind of what it was like and, and you see just the accidents, right? You never see what's like true, yeah. but you just see the exaggerations of it and you yeah. start developing misconceptions and then you get kind of gun shy and you're like, I don't want to touch that. But yet there's yep. so much there. Um, what can you tell us about it for people that have never heard of of, of of this?
2: Well, so we started the podcast because of that. We started the podcast because we know so many people. Like I've been around the charismatic renewal for – since. My parents took me to a charismatic conference in Louisiana and, like, when I was 12, I think. Um, and even that was kind of like weird for me. And then went to Franciscan, and it was kind of like this buzzword and um, of charismatics. And um, I have met so many people who have just had bad experiences and negative experiences because, um, yeah, people are, are very exaggerative. Um, they can be. Um, oftentimes, I think that there's a lot of uh, in a lot of charismatic circles, there's a lot of poor discernment. Um, and there's not a lot of um, structure that's kind of laid out, even though there is. And so Mary and I had a very different experience to that. Um, we have experienced some cr- experienced some crazy stuff um, from people, but we wanted to make it more accessible to people who wouldn't normally touch the charismatic. <laughs> who would normally be like, nah, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Kind of like you were saying. Mm-hmm. And so we wanted to, to show that there's actually a structure, a theology behind it. Um, uh, it's not just like a do whatever you want, do whatever you feel. Um, and so we wanted to lay out kind of a process and a teaching about that um, so that people could look at it and understand that a relationship with the Holy Spirit is for everyone. It's not for just the charismatics, Um, it's not for, you know, it's for everyone. God intended it. We were given the gift of the Holy Spirit at baptism and our relationship with the Holy Spirit shouldn't be neglected and, um, is almost, I would say a non-negotiable for us as Catholics.
1: Hmm. So would you say that it's, it's like a, it's like a good introduction to charismatic, prayer discernment a little bit of both are you talking about a
2: lot of the above um uh-huh. so we're we're doing teaching series so we just started uh, or we just finished excuse me a series on um the anointing of the holy spirit so um and when we say that we're talking about encountering um an outpouring of god's love and so that could be in prayer that can be in adoration that can be in praise and worship a lot of people find that or lexia divina and so how that kind of um how we should press into that and how that changes us and why that's important. Um, We also did uh, one about baptism of the Holy Spirit, because oftentimes that's uh, what comes first in a charismatic, like when you come into charismatic circle. Um, But nobody talks about, they're like, oh, like I was prayed over for baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. I just like got prayed over for it. Uh, And then I joked around that I got prayed over again after I actually understood what baptism of the Holy Spirit was, and it was much more powerful for me. So we do teachings on kind of some of those staple charismatic things, but um, all rooted in scripture, all rooted in church teaching um, and writing um, from the Holy Fathers, as well as um, some Mesa, which is the papal preacher, because he's super about um the charismatic and relationship with the holy spirit so yeah
0: okay okay where did it begin like where does it begin like where does it start like if there was like a how-to like for you like if you had to lay it out like where did it begin like obviously baptism so you can't go back to the baby time but (laughs) if you were to like say like your fondest memory of like where that started getting cultivated was it something that was brought to you by a youth minister by your parents like
2: um Probably, I mean, it was cultivated by my parents. My parents were involved in like the charismatic renewal and stuff. But I was kind of—I describe it as like kind of me looking at it happening, like unfolding. I wasn't really a part of it, um, and didn't really know what it was about. And it wasn't really until I went to Austria and at Franciscan um, and started getting involved in prayer ministry and the festivals of praise in Austria that that really changed for me that I really started understanding what a life with the Holy Spirit looked like um, and started understanding like oh these things that I like like praise and worship and stuff and going to festivals of praises these are all um, things that are found within the charismatic renewal but a true charismatic, I think, spirituality leads to a contemplative spirituality, and that's when, uh, when I started getting that, <laughs> through talking with people um, that were really mature in their discernment within the charismatic renewal. That's when it started clicking for me.
0: Wow! And then you you said that it leads to a contemplative spirituality. You're like, what does that Absolutely. mean?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Um. So I think that when people talk about The charismatic renewal, a big thing that I hear from people is that um, it's very um, superficial or just in the emotions um, Mm -hmm. that you can kind of ride that roller coaster right and those ups and downs and and there's not a depth to it. And I think that for for me, my experience of um, the charismatic has led to a rich contemplative life of um, like praise and worship should have an end to it like there should it shouldn't just be singing songs and you know getting excited um it should lead us deep into uh contemplative prayer we should get to a point where we're just it's us and the lord and there's that stillness and that quiet and that's why um a lot of those slower like praise and worship songs will be um very repetitive and it's almost like um praying the rosary right like it's very repetitive and there's something really contemplative about that and beautiful that we get to not necessarily focus so much on the words, but be in the presence of the Lord. Um, and so it's just things like that, that it shouldn't, and it's not about being in the flesh is what we would say. You know, it's about really entering into God's presence. And I think when you do that, you can't really help but contemplate.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Boy, That's that a- really won <laughs> my own priestly heart because that's exactly where <laughs> you know you you, you got to move people towards right it's is away from Absolutely. you know or or further further in you know because there's mm. certainly a lot a lot to attract us about the first experiences of uh the outpouring of of grace the the experience of forgiveness or if, if we're talking about a baptism of the holy spirit that just that kind of that that rush that that inundation that being flooded with like Suddenly this awareness of uh, mm. God's like presence and activity in our lives. But then then like some like probably all of us have experienced, especially in the lives of young people, that that isn't a like a a sustainable mm. fever pitch, you know. It's um it, it doesn't match the the rhythm of of you know our spiritual lives, I guess. So help me understand then the don't shove the dove expression. (laughs) is like I have I have I can guess of like, but I'd rather just go straight to the Well I mean like Uh, are, are, are you saying are you saying like um don't um try don't try and like force the Lord's hand but be receptive to his his movements? Like is that is that anywhere in the neighborhood?
2: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and it's kind of like, don't uh, don't throw him out, you know? Like, don't be afraid or, or shy about pursuing a relationship with him. Um, that was kind of a, a funny, you know, we wanted something catchy and that people would um, perk sure. up when they heard it. And uh, right. that was kind of a, a saying that one of our priest friends used to say. He had, like, these, like, weird, <laughs> like, super corny sayings. So it was either that or like the glory spout because he used to say, uh, "Put me under the spout where the glory comes out." <laughs> <It's>
1: like, mm.
2: <laughs> so like uh, just super corny nineteen seventies uh, charismatics, but um, yeah, yeah, we just thought it was uh, it was quite catchy and um, and it is. It's about capturing that spirit of you know like don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know. Um,
1: right. Right. So there you yeah, go. Nice.
2: Father.
0: So you're I'm hearing this and it. And it sounds familiar based on my experience with, with with going to Franciscan, and she's picking up on all, all these notes, mm. and all these experiences that I'm tapping into, and I'm like, yep, yep. Don't stay in the feelings. Get you get out of the fields for a little bit. Ascend to, uh, to that place where, where God's presence is, and, and don't let it just right. stay there. The tinglies. But I'm asking like, Father, why isn't like, from on the parish side like. What, why haven't we not been introduced to this more? I mean, and and there are some charismatic communities in, in the DMV, but it's kind of like right. they're over there. And it's like, I don't know, it, mm. why Why is it, why are we a little slow? I mean, well, Catholic Church, we slow. Sure. But, but like, why is it that we're so slow to, to buy into this and why, why is there fear there from like your perspective, from what you see as a father? I mean,
1: I'll like, real talk uh, <laughs> and I can only speak to my experience of it, and like my awareness of the the clergy's response. So like, I think I think part of it is um, regarded with the same kind of raised eyebrow, kind of like you know the the glance askance, um, not not necessarily suspicion, but like because it's the charismatic renewal, as I understand it, has been a hev- heavily lay involved movement, although Mm. clerical, um, involvement as well. It's not, it's not particularly familiar to, um, the, the clergy or at large, let's say, um, if it wasn't experienced growing up. And so I think, I think a lot of, um, Catholicism, at least in, in our area, um, I don't know I'm still painting with broad strokes here, but, um, there's, there's like a high regard for stoicism, um, even, even in like our tradition, mm-hmm. of our philosophical understanding of ethics and how that like, um, was incorporated into scholasticism. And so like stoicism, you know, is, is more of like a kind of, you know, straight up, um, kind of evaluation of, of acts, you know, and, and so it's less given over to um, the movement of the spirit. I, I guess I would say this, Romans in general, and this is really, really general, <laughs> because, you know, but like, let's say in general, cause St. Augustine would have been familiar with this too. Um, in the Western church, a lot of our tradition is very, very concretized. It's very, very specific. Like, think about even the distinction that scholasticism explains of, like, matter and form. You know, like, it was really interesting and important to the Western church to determine, like, when do miracles or when when do the sacraments actually happen? Like, what, what makes it there? You know, when is the Eucharist there? But like this this movement of the spirit, like the, the pneumatological understanding of our own faith and Christianity, is kind of less of a Western thing and more of an Eastern thing. You know, again, broad, broad strokes here. But there's there's a there's a higher degree of comfort in the eastern traditions of Christianity with like letting the spirit do its Thing You know, even if you think about like the Eucharist as the one moment that is <clears throat> common to all Eucharistic prayers is the calling down of the Holy Spirit. It's the it's the Epiclesis. So that's a long winded way of of saying that I think in Western traditions or at least those who are are more rooted in kind of a, a Joe Blow traditionalist, you know, kind of Roman Catholicism we're less comfortable with or we're less familiar with and we're less versed in that abandonment the abandonment of self that comes with you know opening yourself up to the spirit um which is probably way too generalistic and and is ignoring traditions like meister eckhart and you know the seventh story mountain of thomas merton and all that but still (laughs) I think I think a lot of men are very wary of it, and especially clergy that I've encountered, um, and for different reasons. What I'm curious though about Jill's take is do you find did you find that praise and worship helped you um like understand better the, the, the charismatic gifts um and the, the reality of the the Holy Spirit, you know, the importance of the Holy Spirit in prayer, or was that, um, was that kind of like uh, an extra benefit or an answer? Well, careful,
0: Father, we, we got a lot of trads listening here. We get we don't want to lose any of our trads No P dubs, we watch the P dubs now. Calm down. No, it's good.
1: She is a worship leader, you know, we got to go there, right? That's, that's like a, a must talk about point.
0: Are you on? No.
1: Joe, this is what happens when you're talking to somebody in the future in the future (laughs) and a different season, right? Because they're like
0: Thursday,
1: she's calling from Thursday and springtime. Like, that's nuts.
2: (laughs) Can you hear me now? (laughs) Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My test cam turned off for some reason. Uh -uh. Um, anyways, (laughs) no, 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 we're all good. Um I said Mary. Mary's actually the worship leader, not me. I just uh, I, fo- I feel like I follow in her little like cool. um, shadow, Jill. So you're saying that you don't need to be a guitarist
0: in order to enter into the charismatic? Yes. <laughs> yeah. See, I knew
1: it. That's oh, been my joke about youth ministry. Like I remember telling you, Josh, <laughs> years ago, that the reason why I went back to seminary was because I couldn't, I couldn't be, I couldn't stay a youth minister because I didn't know how to play guitar, and they only give you three years. Yeah. you either learn yeah. the part in 3 years or you, you get out. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um praise and worship. Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. Um I think that I have a love of praise and worship, but I feel like um when I started understanding that that praise and worship was supposed to take us somewhere, I I became really frustrated going to a lot of praise and worship nights, because it's just like, you kind of feel like you're, you're getting somewhere and you're really um, entering into the presence of the Lord. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, the drums are banging and then you're just right out of it. And you're like, oh man, I'm, I'm struggling. Like at this point, I just feel like I'm, I'm just at a concert or, or a show or whatnot. Um, but for me, I think praise and worship has helped me be disposed to the movements of the Holy Spirit more than anything, um, so I don't know that it's necessarily um, taught me about the gifts or, or anything like that. But I think it it creates a disposition where your focus is on the Lord and it's not on you. And it's um, it's difficult sometimes when you're in a season of your life that you're struggling and you're you know kind of hashing it out with with God. And you know, like I've had a couple times in my life like that where I've uh, pretty angry with God <laughs> mm. and to sit there and to enter into prayer and sing these songs of praise and to praise him anyways, despite whatever the season of my life is. And that's taught me a lot about the consistency of of prayer, um, the consistency of God's love um, in my life and so and and has disposed me to to say, you know, sometimes like God, not your will, but my, or not my will, but yours. You know, um, and that's what praise and worship is about. Um, it's about you know having a time to to set aside those things in your life and your own uh, personal um, things that you're grappling with, and to to give the honor and the glory to the Lord because that's what He deserves.
0: I always felt that way in the sense of like it's not my pregame music but it's my pregame in order to kind of get in in that game not emotionally but like it helped me process things when i was when i would lead uh worship when i would lead music like and i don't know if it was a franciscan thing or, or if we were doing it well before that father when we were doing the p-dubs and youth ministry but uh it was always a buddy of mine that kind of uh or brought this out was like, we would arrange like, when you, when you come across me like, all right, so what are we going to play tonight? Like, what are we going to play? Like what music? What are we going to? And it was like, that was always the wrong question. It's like, well, what key are we going to be in whatever, but it was like, no, like what are we going to pray with? Like where, where are mm-hmm. we at in our prayer in our current state that needs to like work? Cause it has to flow from that. Otherwise, yeah, you're mm-hmm. just running through the set list and keys don't matter. Right. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. so for me, it always started from this place of like, I need to get into the presence of the Lord. I need to, so naturally the songs that I would start with were songs that talked about me ratcheting up, opening that door, inching it open. And it was always like, uh, open the eyes of my heart. Like, you know, like real old school, like, you know, know, and I find a way to remix it. But it was always just like that repetitive (laughs) jump off that kind of helped me like, because this is where I'm at. Like I'm coming into this space and I'm trying to be in the proper disposition. And I'm so glad you Mm -hmm. said that that's, I think that's where like being in that space of, of disposition where my hands are no longer busy with stuff or my mind is always cluttered, but now like, and that's where the invitation to like open your hands, like a physical expression of kind of what's going on inside. Like I really, it really Mm -hmm. resonated with me. And so we started selecting songs that way. And I don't know Mm -hmm. how much of it was um, when I went on a ministry retreat. I think Mary was leading it. I'm not sure, Uh, (laughs) but it was like, we set up songs that way. It was like, like introspection time, like you start from this place of like where are you at? Well, Lord, Lord, I need you. Like I'm hurting, right? And we'd find songs that kind of resonate there. And then it'd be like, all right, well now I'm inching, like I'm closing in on the mountain peak, right? And then there's all out praise where where the the prayer is now like, um, like your love is unchanging, like you're you're always there. Like I don't know. So I always found that with praise and worship, like in terms of in the sacrament arena, like when it's the mass, or when it's the and obviously the mass has its you know, you have there's this place of, of where you got to be in terms of uh, the the um where where you want the congregation to be disposed because you're praying the mass, right? Mm. Uh, I always felt like, like, yeah, like P dubs helped that, it amplified it for me, and then it yeah. led to this place of now I gotta just sit and now I gotta yeah. concentrate. Now, you know, mm. I don't know that resonate with, with you at all, Jill, in your experience at all? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, so when we um, when we talk about praise and worship and something that um, kind of was present in the community that Mary and I were a part of, um, and Mary leads worship this way, um, is what we call the temple model. And so it's actually like, um, so you have the outer courts, inner courts, and the holy of holies. And so the outer courts are the songs that you get to get people involved and enter in, um, and then the the inner courts are those. Um, it starts to slow down a little bit. You start maybe asking um, people to to open their hands and to you know enter into prayer a little bit more. And then that holy of holies is is that that time where you really want to bring them into the presence of the Lord, and you want them to be able to to sing or to be silent or to. Um, and I think that that actually reflects the mass a lot. Um, of how, you know, we have the gathering song, then we have the offertory, and then we have um, communion. And it's that most intimate reception of, of the body of our Lord. Um, and so, no, it's not meant to obviously replace the mass or anything, no, but it is. is said to reflect that, right? Like there's a, a reflection of um, something more that we want to, um, we, as worship leaders, you know, the goal is that you find out where they are and you want to take them someplace. And if you don't have a place that you want to take them for the night, then that's a big problem as a worship leader. Um, yeah.
0: So it's the temple model that, that you're familiar with. Mine was always expressed as like a mountain. Like, yeah. Oh mm. my God. That's
2: so cool. That's so
0: <laughs> Pat man. Come on. Where are you at? Well,
1: the, the, the part that I think now I'm making a connection because I think when you talk about leading people somewhere, um, this is kind of, you know, lagging behind a little bit, but I'm, I'm still Sorry. thinking about, like, why <laughs> why there's such resistance, I guess, to to um, the movements of the Holy Spirit or, or why his his like charismatic gifts are, are less understood. or And I really think that just that idea right there of being led, being being mm-hmm. moved by the spirit from one place to another, I think generally yeah. that is very uncomfortable for people in, in this, Mm. this moment. Like, I think if, if there's, there are several words that I could use to describe like the culture of the world, like, you know, the kind of the fluid, like, you know, anything's up for grabs, you know, spirit of the world, but that's definitely one of them that we go where we want to go. You know, like I take myself, I, I go where I'm comfortable and, and I, And I'm, you know, staying away, staying far away from things that like make me uncomfortable. And so I think, again, broad strokes, but like that probably is a is as good a as a reason as any for like why this isn't (laughs) as (laughs) isn't understood or talked about as much because. We are very individualistic these days, yeah, you know?
2: and it's hard, like even you can you can think things and you can I'm one of those people that like I'm a planner and I think about things, and I try to you know examine what's the best move, and you know um and sometimes when you're following the directives of the Holy Spirit, that is it is very opposite of what you want to do,, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> or what you think is rationally the best choice, uh. <laughs> So yeah, it can definitely like I think that's a huge stumbling block of, you know, you don't have your safeguard of even trying to rationalize things or or think things away like you you have to you have yeah. to follow.
1: Right. Yeah, I guess I guess part of being like Christian in my adult understanding that would not have sat well with like young Pat um back in the day, but that like the being young Pat Young Pat, Young Pat, who you know, grew up in in a different kind of shire. Um, like
2: I Pat. just think of Patsy, the the guy who carries the coconuts. Yes! And um <laughs> Yes.
1: Yes. Exactly. That's why that is one of my nicknames. I guess. Romantic Python. <laughs> you Patsy. know. Come, Patsy. <laughs> you make me sad. <laughs> yeah. So sorry. I, um, besides <laughs> loving coconuts, you know, big coconut fan. Um. I I think that my younger self would have thought of of Christianity exclusively in in terms of like the goodness you know the, like even even in terms of the absolute good that God is right that Christianity was supposed to be in my understanding um, the the better the objectively better way of life by all measures including worldly ones that you know my life was supposed to look better than yours because I believe in Jesus and I and I follow him and then I come to understand quite differently that like following him is the narrow way <laughs> is the rockier path less traveled you know it's it's harder to follow you know it's hard to pass through um the eye of the needle and so it's it's challenging it, and it, it it's a desert inevitably there are <laughs> deserts and like that—that that kind of Christianity—that's a really hard pitch.
2: <laughs> that's yeah, really it's not hard. very attractive for people.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's honest, right? I don't and, know how
2: and... many people you're going to get off the street with that one. Like, <laughs> uh...
1: come Maybe follow not. Jesus. It's the rockiest. <laughs> 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 but like, that's—I guess—that's my—that's my, that's my appreciation—is that there is because you said it out loud when. You said like there are times where p-dubs forces you to pray in a in a voice or in a spirit that isn't necessarily in consonance with like what's going on right right at that moment yeah <laughs> that that's the richness of christian history because like
2: mm. what's
1: what's the most common prayer that we inherited from our jewish ancestors but the psalms and that that just says screams, you know, the liturgy, of the hours, because we pray the psalms. You know, at times you're praying lamentation psalms when you're like riding high and feeling good, and other times you're 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 like in the doldrums and you're singing His praises. You're you're you know you're blessing the bless the Lord my soul, you know. Yeah, and that I, is the
2: Christian that is like the richness of the Christian tradition and the Catholic tradition. Like I did an eight day silent retreat a couple of weeks ago and I was reading through the rules of um Ignatius and stuff. And I just remember reading like when you're in desolation, you need to think about getting out of desolation. But when you're in consolation, you need to think about the next time you're gonna be in desolation. And I was like, Man, you're always thinking about desolation. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so sad. <laughs> like what the heck he's like yeah, you're in consolation don't enjoy it (laughs) you know when you're in desolation think about why you're in desolation (laughs) and it's just like (laughs) what
1: (laughs) yeah yeah store up grace you know go to the Uh well and know how to yeah know how to be fed even on you know like the words of Jesus, uh, and I think this is the spirit. This is like this is this is definitely the spirit to me that like when he says to his disciples, um, I think in the same episode as uh, when he's encountering the Samaritan woman at the well, he says like I have food of which you do not think, or maybe it's from elsewhere in the Gospels, but I have food of which you do not like see or you do not understand. And that's, like, absolutely the love of the Father, absolutely the, pre- the constant presence of the Spirit that sustains Him. And that's been a point of fascination for me, that, like, it, like, giving ourselves over to the Spirit, um, whether our intro is, like, you know, a podcast or a retreat or, you know, um, a, a charismatic prayer group or, like, baptism in the Spirit, whatever it is, like, is a more, like, sure way of being sustained through mm. like the inevitably Rocky or or like tumultuous times, you know, um, walking with the spirit, you know, the spouse of Mary, um, like that, that helps me understand, okay, how, how the heck did Jesus actually go through everything that he did, except that he had <laughs> constant contact with the father in the spirit, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah. So, I had a gripe. So with, with listening to this, I'm like, so, so much at stake, so much like <laughs> graces to be had, so much meat left on the bone, Father, so much meat left on the bone that I'm just like, that's why I want this podcast to like go somewhere and t- to like, I want it to reach the ears of, of, of some folks in, in my parish community. Because when I was doing parish ministry, like I would see some glory stories when it came to the Holy Spirit and the charismatic renewal, but then I would see some horror stories that never wanted me
2: to come back. Uh,
0: and I never wanted yeah. to come back to you. And the horse, we're like
2: the worst marketers of our own, like <laughs> movement, <laughs> Actually, yeah, gotta
0: pay someone that, but honestly, like, so at least culturally, so where where we're from, we're on this part of town, uh, heavy, uh, Hispanic Central America, right? A Central mm. American, um, um, parish, right, locally, and we had and I would walk by cause I, I was the director of faith formation and evangelization uh, for a parish. And I walked by the halls like at night and, and it was always jumping with, 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 with everybody. And it wasn't just Hispanics. It was, it was the French community and, and the music was flowing and there was preaching and teaching. But I, what I always saw though, or what always like stuck with me though, sometimes was, was the horror stories. And that sucks. Cause you never want to just be mm. smart like that. You always want to see like, well, wh- where's the grace at? And, and who are, who's, being a good steward of what's happening here in the movements of God. Right. And so I'm going to get to this point of like having a priest like influence. Right. Uh, when it comes yeah. to navigating these waters. But sometimes what I would see, at least in the Hispanic community and Latino community was, was that lay movement. Right. But it was, mm-hmm. it was so unchecked sometimes that I yeah. had like, and, and you picked up on it and like, what's going like it was that emotional manipulation what, what you saw like i would mm-hmm. walk by and they're in a classroom and there's not but five of them in the classroom and i'd be like turn down the the music like no no we need to keep it turned up and we need to it really kind of like wake us up and you know out of our slumber i'm like no like it was like the like, <laughs> microphone like he had a microphone and he had like a like big speaker big, and i was like for what homie you just hit the <laughs> the like what are you doing? But it was this, it was this thing where uh, I need to, I need to make the experience, right. Hmm. It's on my hands to, to make this happen. And, and those are those big misconceptions is like we, and, and even as a youth minister, like I get so caught up with, um, I have to make the space, right. I have to create this environment so that the Lord can bless my work so that he can work in the room and we get the, the fiery tongues and, and the wind and the, and the whole joint. Here's my thing. But that was with, you know, a lay person supervising. But like, I don't know, like, mm. what are the dangers with that lay movement? But then how can we, as people listening, how can we address it? Like, and how can we get our priests kind of to jump in here? Because there's so much at stake. There's so much mm. untapped grace that we're not tapping into. But we are tapping into emotional experiences and just staying in the senses. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? What do you think, Joe?
2: Um, I don't, I mean, I think the the problem comes that there's usually no structure in place if those things are happening. It's like, um, whereas the, the successful ministries that I've seen happen, even if they are lay run um, there's a structure, right? Like if you're having people, um, if you're doing a praise and worship night, you just make the simple announcement. Hey, if you have a, a word of knowledge gift that has been discerned by our community, um, then you're welcome to come up and to share it. Um, if not, come and talk to one of our people, they'll discern it and discern whether it's, you can share it. There's that structure there, right? Like um, where there's a accountability and there's more than one person discerning. It's not like, on the other hand, I've seen people that are just, if you have word of knowledge, come up and share whatever you want. And that's really, really damaging no. because you're, just, <laughs> Nobody's checking that. Nobody's checking whether that and that could be like, we're very naive to think that the enemy's not at work, right? Like, and it could be, um, it could be something that uh, is scripturally based or whatnot, but is not what somebody needs to hear that, (laughs) that time, right? And unless you have somebody, I think, discerning that, or a structure set in place to have those checks and balances, you run into an issue. Um, and it's not even just for, I mean, word of knowledge gifts are, are an example, but even prayer ministry, um, even, um, yeah, but prayer ministry is where I see it a lot as well, um, is having anyone share something in prayer ministry or people that are unequipped to do prayer ministry, leading prayer ministry um, for us, and we're you know, the group that we came from and the community that we came from, like it, you were around a while before you were invited to come on to prayer ministry. <laughs> and, um, and there was always somebody that was, you know, the leader and, um, and sometimes you just started off like catching people or, or whatnot. Uh, but there is that kind of, I think, mentoring accompaniment um, hierarchy there um, that is lacking in a lot of, charismatic groups um and that's i think that's when probably <laughs> the uh, yeah yeah the worst stuff and their worst horror stories come from for sure for sure
0: and thankfully i and, and maybe the gifts will come later i don't know but i was just always the catcher i was i had my hands out and catcher <laughs> and that was the extent of it thank thank you lord for for that but father pat yep. would you-
1: I, you're giving me some good food for thought, you know, because I think to some extent the the parish priesthood, the diocesan priesthood, you know, being being with the people of God, um, a shepherd of souls, it means discerning gifts on the parts of, mm. you know, for with others and for others, you know, mm. like saying, You have you clearly have this gift, you know, and, and then mm. More or less giving like them an extra voice of permission to like go follow that mm. that gift, you know, um, and occasionally, <laughs> every once in a while, steering somebody away <laughs> from a ministry mm. or uh, an area of service. Like, yeah, I just I don't perceive this this gift in you. Um, like mm. I think that you might have be better served elsewhere. So, like, but yeah. that's I wouldn't say that's exclusive to the clergy or the clerical state by any means but i would say that that's a more natural way because because we asked the question a, a while back of like how does how did the you know the diocese priest the parish priest like you know be more supportive and also i guess involved and that's 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 i think something that every priest has to do regardless of whether you know he's like down with p p dubs or or like into charismatic prayer you know or uh Mm -hmm. spirit spirit um healing prayer you know or whatever he has to you have to support the gifts of your community (laughs) period
2: i think that um to it's not only affirming people and their gifts or you know maybe directing them elsewhere but it's also providing a place where they can learn more about how to use those gifts. Um, because, you know, the the way that um, the gift of tongues or word of knowledge or the gift of healing operate are really, really specific. And so to teach somebody how to use those gifts and what it looks like when, um, those gifts are operating is pivotal. Like you can't just be like, oh, I think that you have a <laughs> word of knowledge. It's you know this is what word of knowledge is. This is how you discern. Um, these are you know tangible things that you can take into consideration when you're discerning whether something is of the Lord or not. Um,
0: mm. Amen. But for sure. Yeah. So then, how I, Like where? Because I, I get my. Mm. I have asshole tendencies sometimes and i'm like well, but who who are you like who who's anyone <laughs> to, like come out and say like yo like you have the gift of like i was always like that was because that was happening at at school a little bit too and it, and maybe mm. i shunned away from sharing a prophecy that <laughs> but like i don't know like when does that moment happen like i'm i mean who can say that right like i don't know it's always so interesting but i'm glad that there's safeguards in place and the accountability because that's where in, in placing those, you know, bumpers, you know, like that allows for the the grace to flow and and, and being mm-hmm. stewards of it because it's not yours, you know, you're you're doing a greater work here and you're serving people. So
1: mm-hmm. I have a bit of a hot take on this. Um, no,
0: Given the big <laughs> dog stuff, because man,
1: it has it has a and I'll I'll use a Harry Potter reference to to bring it home. But uh, <laughs> spoiler alert, you know, when when Let's Professor Trelawney like the crackpot you know, uh, <laughs> professor of divination or whatever. Um, like when she makes her second prophecy, like Dumbledore jokes that like, oh, wow, that's the second time she's, she's prophesied it's time to give her a raise or whatever. So <laughs> I think the most important thing about the gifts of the spirit is that they're used by the Lord that, you know, the spirit blows where he will, and he's going to use them for his purposes. Otherwise, mm-hmm. um, as was pointed out by um, Jill about like the activity of you know the evil one and how he's not passively like just letting the Holy Spirit you know run away with us, but he's also trying to interrupt or make things about ourselves. Those gifts are used to his ends and for his purposes and for his glory and for the service of others. So <laughs> I think sometimes, sometimes those gifts go away. Like even when somebody has clearly manifested that gift, mm-hmm. that then like you know, it pulls a Trelawney. And um mm-hmm. even people who have definitely demonstrated the use of that gift, it, it goes away for a time, you know, like that the, the mm-hmm. Lord withdraws that because it's not it's no longer for his purpose where he doesn't need it right now. He doesn't need that grace, mm-hmm. he doesn't need that instrument. So I I feel like it's it's often seen as like a a one and done kind of thing. Like I've earned my driver's license. Like I've spoken in tongues or I've spoken prophetically. (laughs) I can do all all the time, you know, but I think sometimes the Lord, if the Lord is like, you know, with the ebb and flow of our lives, then there are times where he pull, he invites us to pull back and he takes the gifts away to make it more obvious.
2: Yeah. I I would say, um, I would say that gifts sometimes can be silenced, um, you know, and I think that's what kind of you're hitting on father is that the silencing of a gift and that can come from, you know, a a whole slew of different things. Um, And often like sometimes it can even just be a misuse of the gifts, you know, that somebody is using it uh, for their own personal agenda and not discerning and not being um, docile enough to the Lord um, in that use. Yeah. But, um, I think walking fear and trembling, that... Walk in fear and trembling <laughs> <before> the Lord, <laughs> um, but I also, um, Sherry Waddell talks about that as well in the called and gifted program. That some gifts are also just given as a one time thing, like it's a one time manifestation of a of a gift or a charism, um, because the Lord needed it for that time and it doesn't happen again, um, mm. so but. I think that some of the best charismatic resources that have come out recently are not labeled as charismatic. <laughs> okay. What what are, what are some that really
0: shout out one? Um,
2: I think the called and gifted stuff is incredible. Um, yeah. And people are so much more open to that. Um, the John Paul two uh, healing of the whole person stuff. I think it is quite charismatic, but not labeled as charismatic. Um, Unbound is also like, yeah, all of that yeah. stuff. Um, I would say it, I would consider charismatic, but. <laughs> um, I would too. Yeah, I do. I, I think it's I don't because of that. Let him know. Am I back? Oh, okay. No, no, no. I thought that I'd left and you were saying, oh no, my audio was gone again. Um, no, I think that a lot of that is because of the, the horror stories that people encounter with um, the charismatic movement. I also think that there's that separation, right? Between the charismatics and the the traditional people. And when you don't label something, um, it oftentimes just becomes a lot easier for people to be open to. Um, and it shouldn't be like this totally different, um, different universe, right? Like, um, I have a love for, um, for Ignatian spirituality and stuff, and that oftentimes people wouldn't think that goes hand in hand with um, with a charismatic spirituality, um, and they're they're not that far apart. And so I think when you stop using the label of of charismatic and just start saying this is what you know <laughs> what it is, and it's based in Catholic teaching and Scripture, um, people become a lot more open to it. And I think that's why, like, I don't even really like calling myself charismatic. <laughs> I know that's like, that is kind of like what I am, but I I hate it because I know that as soon as I say it, people are going to be like label me as something. Um,
1: They understand you to their
0: own experiences with something.
2: Yeah, and they're going to project those bad experiences on on me, and so even if I'm leading retreats or doing prayer ministry, like uh, it's you know I incorporate those things quite naturally into, and so what people are used to and it flows really well. And people leave being like, Oh, that was a really awesome, um, experience. And you just don't have to make a big deal about it. (laughs) Like it can just be a grassroots thing that happens. You know, um, one of my favorite like experiences, um, I was brought out a couple of years ago to do a retreat for a parish in, um, Seattle. They take like a summer retreat to, um, Alaska. And so we went out there, and there was probably like 30 kids, maybe, that went on retreat. And it was a whole week long. And um, I kind of just walked through, like, who is God, you know, the charisma, the basic proclamation of the gospel, and talked a little bit about who the Holy Spirit is. And then the last night we did adoration and I had um, prayer ministry. And I, I always, with teens and even like with some adults and stuff, I like to have kind of directed areas that they can go. So things that they can pray for hope, love, forgiveness, um, confession, and then healing. Right. Mm -hmm. And faith. Um, and so there's these little stations they can go to. And I just set out like a really easy, like we'll do prayer ministry for 15, 20 minutes. So I want to give them more than what they can, um, (laughs) they can (laughs) chew. And, um, they just really had a beautiful experience and I let them kind of lead that. And so we were doing prayer ministry during adoration and we ended up praying for healing for like three hours just cause kids kept wow. coming back on and asking for prayer. And it wasn't anything that was, you know, like we didn't be like, we're going to have a night of healing. Like, it was just like, Hey, this is available. If you want to come, Come. Um, wow. this is what it is. Um, and it was beautiful and their openness was, um, was incredible and they they received a lot of um inner healing a lot of physical healings that night and it was incredible um uh, but i wouldn't necessarily label that as a charismatic thing
0: <laughs> oh my gosh
2: that's so cool I, I, mean, I was gonna save glory stories for the end but oh God, sorry i jumped to
0: it i didn't i didn't plan you out well my bad that's on me that's on me but honestly like i was like thinking about it i was like oh my gosh like those those sound like better stations than that's my daughter Gianna. Say hi, G. hi Gianna. Hi. Those sound like better stations than like some of the stuff I see out here with like I don't know, Father. You know about mm-hmm. these horror stories like these youth ministry stations, like the whole like we put you know I don't even know. Can I can't even say that on here. Like where they. <laughs> you know, they, they all kind of their hands and then they wash each other's hands, and it's like, see, Lord washes everything away. And it's like,
1: yeah,
2: right. Yeah, don't no, that. no. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But, just keep it simple, eh? Yeah. Like, what are right, things yeah. that people need? Well, like, you, you know, Then you can prep a prayer for them. Teenagers are so awkward when they come up for prayer, too. They're like, I have a second cousin whose mom, I mean, who's grandmother, girl, like, has cancer. Can you pray for them? And you're like, okay, that's great, but can I pray for you? <laughs> like, and when you give them kind of directives and those stations that they can go to and have a concrete, yep, I want to pray for an increase of faith or hope or love. Um, those are really just easy things for them to to pray with. Oh. And for your prayer ministers as well, because you can kind of give them like a, here's some scriptures to look at. Here's a basic prayer if you don't know what to say. Um, there it is. Yeah. Mm. There it well, is.
1: That fascinates but... me. That just, I, I'm definitely, <laughs> definitely going to have to do this because... <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm thinking our, our young people in my parish definitely need, need it. to.
0: Any youth ministers in there? Come on now. Let, it be, oh, let it be
1: loud, Lord. Let it be, let it, let this word be really loud because mm. that goal of moving people to prayer and asking for more of the theological virtues, or like, like you put it uh, initially, that, that like it's movement towards and being led into contemplation, mm. that's something that like, like those, perhaps you know um most common like thought of as as like opponents or or at least um su- su- suspicious of charismatics like the traditionalists the rad the rad the rad trads they they have um, the same goals <laughs> they have the same yeah. going to get the same
2: things pippin exactly yeah we're trying to all do the same thing, and that's why I think it's like so so harmful when we start using the words of like they're charismatic or they're traditional or or whatnot, because right. um, it creates right. a, a division within the church that doesn't need to be there. Right. <laughs> like I, I can appreciate a Latin mass as much as I can appreciate you know a mass with praise and worship and uh, healing mass or, or whatnot. Um, it's still the mass. I still get to receive Jesus. I still get to receive His Word. <laughs> And hear it proclaimed, you know, um, and it's a beautiful thing.
0: For sure, for sure. So as we enter the final stretch, Father Pat, I'm gonna put you to work here. I'm sold, I I'm all in. I've been listening to the Don't Shove the Dove podcast yes, and you because oh my gosh, like this conversation just brings up like a whole bunch of stuff that I wish we had more time, a part two. But Father Pat, I'm gonna give you um so so usually when we pitch something, Jill. Father Pat will break into not just song, but he'll break into just different accents that we want. And so I thought of like maybe like a Billy Graham kind of southern joint. Like if you you can pitch Jill and the Don't Shove the uh, Don't Shove the Dove podcast, horrible, right? If you can do that in your best Billy Graham voice, or or I'll give you a way out, or in your best like Cubano or, or like Tony Montana.
2: You, it's true because I am Cuban there it is so you know
0: that and that's why wow what okay. do you want to do buddy come on homie I have a word my brothers and sisters <laughs> from the Lord
1: see the Lord <laughs> the spirit wants to move you to listen to another podcast don't let this be the only podcast that you listen to today but I need you to I need you to Open up. I need you to turn on whatever application that you that you use to listen to the podcast and turn on. Don't shut the door. Need you to listen to. Don't shut the Dove. Listen to the spirit moving, moving in your lives. <laughs> but that's the kind of that's the kind of you know, Pentecostal Baptist preaching that I'm exposed to here at PG, and I love it. I love it. <laughs>
2: I gave you like the, the Pentecostal church lady response to preacher sitting in my pew, preacher mm-hmm. reading my mail. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yes, Lord. Lord, Amen. Lord. Amen.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Holy Buckets podcast with Jill Miller, who is the co-host of Don't Show the Dove podcast. Before we go, our glory stories with uh, the Holy Ghost. With the Holy Spirit, and and this whole thing has been a has been a glory story, and a and a and a representing of something that is beautiful, something that is needed. But uh Jill, in, in your in your bag of experiences as a youth minister, as someone that has walked with people, are, is there a, a particular glory story that you want to leave us with? I'm putting you on the spot oh, here, man, just and then so, well, but one oh, that man. can give us a little bit more of like like this is from like this method of of spirituality of the charismatic renewal, so like we got to get right, we got to we got to
2: dive in. Like, is there I mean, one? I mean, yeah, there's heaps of them. Um, heaps, it's just... oh, you hear that? <laughs> she don't got one right heaps. now. That's a kiwi. That's a kiwiism. Heaps. Okay. Heaps. Uh, heaps.
0: No, keep keep that heaps. though. Keep that joke. Keep that marinating real quick. Father yeah, Pat, yeah. Father Pat, like, how about for you? Because I got oh, one. Yeah. Go ahead
1: yeah no i I would definitely say that um the the last time the last time that i i saw this you know in in effect was actually in my current assignment of which I've only been in for like two months or whatever um but i I found that um, some of the people who were experiencing darkness uh real darkness um were suddenly like I mean, you, you know, there's, there's the, a faith, the right in baptism, and we're going to be doing, we're going to be do, doing some baptizing of little Judah James pretty soon. Um, be opened the, the idea of being opened. And uh, I've seen, you know, in terms of uh, a great grace, just people opening up to the reality of Jesus. And that that's, that's been through the sacraments, but so just, there's just my normal every day, mm-hmm. sacramental ministry, my most recent, you know, I guess, praise of God would, would involve the opening that I see in people's lives who are going through some severe darkness through the power of just the word and Eucharist.
0: There it is. There it is. Mine always been through uh, through my grandmother and she would always go to um, masses with healing prayers. And it was always as a kid, I I, I always just thought it was comical, you know, and, and she'd always play with that, and in, in, in the sense like she'd be like, well, you know, she has arthritis in her in her joints and everything, and 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 the, you know the the pastor would, um, you know, say those prayers of healing, and and she believed so strongly that that it was there, right, that that she received it, and then sure enough, two days later, you know, it, it was still hurting, you know, but then she always like give me a little smack and be like, you know. It's not all about that. Like you're looking for the wrong thing. And I'd be like, you're looking for the wrong thing. You can't. <laughs> off your you stop taking your meds. Like it's on you. Like, but honestly, but, but it wasn't until like I actually started um, going to masses with healing prayers, and stopped searching for like the gifts or for like my tongue to tingle or something. Like I stopped looking for these signs and 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 just like, I used the music to kind of help me. And uh, that was like my prayer and, and, and sitting in there and then, and being with uh, with men, it was like a, a, a men's thing. And all the men were called to, to serve and, and to, um, to catch people that were, were slain in the spirit. And, and, it, and it's always something like when you hear that, you think like mm, raise your eyebrow kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. but honestly, like some of the most gift moments of the, that, I got to, to witness was just being in the presence of the blessed sacrament, like exposed in the monstrance and just kneeling for our Lord. And just like seeing people be, like remove, like remove all the blockage, all that stuff that would hinder them from looking at the Lord. And I really felt like that, that the spirit moved in that place where, where someone wouldn't look at the monstrance, right? For the baggage that they've had. And they've, they've seen so many things with their eyes and seeing um, many priests actually on one particular night of, uh, of healing prayers at the end of mass, actually like pray over their eyes. And, and asking for that Holy Spirit to come upon them, and it was something so personal, so intimate. And and I'm just like, you know, a pew away, essentially. You know, someone else was catching them, and and just to like, I don't know, to just see the Spirit, and and then for them to open their eyes and, and to and to and to look on uh, Jesus like naked eyes, you know, like that was like really big for me. And it and necessarily didn't even happen for me, but in a way, indirectly, like that was like for me. It's like you're looking at the wrong thing, homie. Like you know, it's just, like look at me and so i don't know that that's for me wow. glory with the spirit wow. i don't know
2: jill what you got um well i kind of gave a ministry one already mm-hmm. but most recent well a couple months ago my mom um had called me you know like being across the globe is quite difficult yeah. but she called me and she was like <laughs> Hey, um, she's like, I just want to let you know that, you know, I almost went to the ER because she had woken up in the middle of the night. She had, like, terrible back pains. And, like, my mom, to to say, like, she's going to the emergency room, that's a big deal. Like, (laughs) my family is a family, like, coming from a medical background, and they never go to the doctors. (laughs) Like... They avoid them at all costs. And so that's quite a big deal. She went in um, to the doctors afterwards and she got diagnosed with uh, spinal stenosis, which is basically like just a shrinking of the spine around the nerves. Um, And then some like bulging discs or something like that. And so um, and she was really like the thing that she was gutted most about was um, that she, you know, sitting down for long periods of time was terrible. And she was supposed to be going to the Holy Land um, in a couple of weeks. Um, and she was like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to go to the Holy land, um, because of this. I don't think I can sit on the flight, you know, and be sitting down. I just, um, think it'll be too painful. And so I called up, uh, Mary and one of our friends, um, father Frankie Cicero and, um, had all of us spread for her healing. Um, and they prayed in proxy for her healing. Um, and I got a call from her the next day and she's like, I'm completely like, She's like, I have no pain at all. Like I slept for the first time through the night, like and I had it. Um, and then she went to the doctors and everything was like a okay. She's like good to go. Wow. So um, yeah, 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 It's it's really, really beautiful. Um, but yeah, I guess the more of a story, you know, like just just asking. You know, the Lord is a good father and he wants to give us um mm-hmm. he wants to give us great gifts. And, you know, um I think that's that's a beautiful thing too about um, having a relationship with the Holy Spirit is putting yourself out there and, and allowing the Lord to be our father and to give us those things. Um, that's what he wants. You know, like he doesn't want to like hoard them against us, you know, like um, we have to step out and we have to ask and we have to be able to receive in faith and also sometimes be able to, to understand that maybe that's not what the Lord desires for this, this time in this place. But
0: yeah. Amen, Amen. Amen. Father, uh, lead us out, man. Thanks so much for being here, Jill. Your experiences, your ministry, your experience with the Holy Spirit, and folks, if you ha- if you're not sold yet, man, you can go ahead and hit the rewind. Share this with a friend. Don't shove the jo- Dove podcast. And as I'm, don't <laughs> shove. Don't shove the don't Dove. Shove, the dove. Don't shove that Dove. <laughs> don't shove that That's Dove. It. Pat. That's it.
1: That's God it, be folks. good. God be with you all. The Lord. Uh, thank you, Lord, for the, for, for the gift of this uh, conversation. Um, and may Almighty God uh, watch over us, protect us, um, save us from ourselves, um, and help us to use his gifts for his purposes um, at the time that, that uh, he calls us um, to step out in faith, to be bold. Uh, may Almighty God bless you and all those listening to this podcast, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. All right. right. Thanks so much, Jill. Casey Perry says, My spiritual mother's faith in the Holy Spirit is very strong. I have witnessed healing in her. After going to a healing service with a priest, I am witnessing the physical and mental healing in her. She has taught me much about the Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you, Cassie. Oh, that's awesome.
0: God be the glory. Amen. This is forever. Here we go. All right, Cheers. folks. i going to teach you the Holy Works podcast, your podcast, favorite podcast. Thanks so much, Jill. We will catch you again real soon sometime. Ciao. See you, Father.
1: Peace. Take it easy. Peace, Be well.
0: Man. Be well. Go Eagles. <laughs>